This is First, Last, Best, Worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome to this uh, episode of First, Last, Best, Worst. Uh, we are here with Reese McHenry in the studio. Um, but first off, uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these, hasn't it? It's been, been a long time, several months. Yeah, I think so. We have to address the elephant in the room that we haven't put up an episode in a while. Yeah, we know that there's a lot of people out there uh, <laughs> who are probably, who've been waiting around for this. Exactly. And you get, but you have to understand that new musicians are notoriously uh, flaky and hard to get in a room together. And we have decided to do a podcast where we get a ton of musicians in the same room, which makes it very difficult. And so that's why we took a couple months off. Paul was our sound engineer extraordinaire. Paul was on a tour with Shilpa Ray in, in Europe for a while. Taylor, you did I was a tour. on tour, yeah, for a little while. So just taking a nice little summer break. But uh, now you guys don't have to be sad ever again because we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back. We're back with First, Last, Best, Worst. And we're going to do another podcast, and we're going to keep doing them. For the foreseeable for future. For the foreseeable future. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell you a story about uh, right before I went out on the road, uh, I went to see uh, one of my favorite performers is uh, Martin Sexton and me and my girlfriend Ricky we went to um, uh, a show at City Winery and I got this delivery guy who delivers weed to me and and he has these really good cookies you know and I got I ate the cookie but so it's like me and Ricky were like out on the town dressed up and we're like walking in the West Village and literally there's like a man living on the street and he's like looking sharp tonight and I'm like give him the finger guns, you know, because I'm feeling good. But I accidentally ate the cookie a little a little too early because then we got to City Winery, and the way that place is set up is sometimes you get put at a table with people that you don't know, and I got a little little panicky because I'm sitting there with, you know, people. Just strangers. Out. Exactly, strangers. So Ricky was like, do you need to take a walk outside? And I was like, I was too high to even go on a walk outside. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to sit right here and feel awkward. So I'm sitting there, and, like, my conception of time was getting a little bit messed up. And Ricky decides she's going to go to the bathroom, and she goes downstairs to the head. And I'm sitting there, and Martin Sexton's playing. And then it seems like like an eternity goes by. And I'm like, it seems like a long time. But again, I don't know if my just time perception is messed up. Then I'm sitting there, and the whole front of City Winery is, is glass. So then an ambulance pulls up. Now there's like red and white light, uh, you know, red and blue lights flashing and stuff. The ambulance comes down and goes downstairs to where Ricky was to the bathroom. And I'm like sweating, freaking out. But I'm also like way too high to go down and investigate what is actually going on down there. Eventually, after, you know, maybe 20 minutes of uh, which seemed like an eternity, Ricky comes up and what happened was some uh, woman, I think, was on some, some drugs and nodded off in the bathroom. And she's a nurse, so she felt obliged to sit and help the person. But I just had my own little panic attack and really couldn't even uh, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the concert for that pre- period of time. Yeah, there you go, folks. We're crazy <laughs> musicians, and sometimes we take drug cookies and freak out. Exactly, and it was just the nuts. timing we're was nuts. wrong. We're musicians. <laughs> but this isn't, this isn't a podcast about taking drugs, is no, it? No, it's not. No, this is, a, this is a musician podcast, though, nevertheless. And we have a great musician. We have a, a crew of great musicians. Yeah, we've got Reese McHenry and her band coming up from North Carolina. They just played uh, what'd you get? the Broadway? The Broadway last the Broadway night. I last saw them. Night. They were great. And now we got them here in the FLBW studio in an undisclosed location. And we're going to hear... It's behind Transpicos. 
Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you guys want to start off with your first song? Sure. This is the Piggly Wiggly song. The Piggly Wiggly song. That's right. Yep. Uh, would you like to let everyone know uh, a little bit more about Piggly, w- the institution uh, Piggly <laughs> Wiggly, if, if if people aren't familiar with it? Uh, I grew up in Minnesota and Wisconsin on the Minnesota border by the Twin Cities, and Piggly Wigglies are rife up there. So that was our grocery store. Some there aren't many now up there, and there are some here though. We when we were just going to the beach, there's one on the way. So. Yeah, you can find you can find them. Out there, uh, I don't think there any, there's any in the Northeast, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I I don't think Piggly Wigglies can survive. Uh, like, yeah, up, yeah, up, up here it's a little bit too harsh of an environment. <laughs> in Minnesota, I don't know. Right. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. Um, so you grew up in Minnesota. I did. Yep. And Half of my life, well, my childhood in Minnesota, and then like my teen years in uh, Wisconsin. Were you so. always playing music? Or did that... No, uh-uh. I didn't start playing. I always could sing, but I didn't start playing guitar until I was in my early 20s. So I wrote that song without an instrument. And then the first chords I learned was uh, E and A. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that that was E and A, although I play it in F now. <laughs> you modulated my... up a half step. Yeah, well, already. I think my voice has changed. Right. You know, and I can't really remember how I used to. Do you remember uh, thinking and writing that song? I mean, you say you wrote it without guitar. Was it a childhood thing or was it? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think I wrote it when I was in high school. I think it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And 
I like uh, 60s music, like 60s girl groups especially. Mm -hmm. Especially the song Angel Baby. And I thought it sounded like Angel Baby. Uh So I don't remember what it was, but I remember all of us laughing. You know what I mean? Like it was (laughs) me and my friends and who knows. I'm sure that we were (laughs) drinking in a field. That sounds right, (laughs) you know? That's what you do on on your night out. Exactly. The town I grew up in, didn't even have a subway. That was the big deal. They had, it was after I left, too. We didn't have a subway. <laughs> Think about that. We had to go over town, which was like 30 miles away. <laughs> I grew up in a tiny town in Wisconsin. Really? Uh, and so then what, did you have an inkling at all at that age, you know, at a at high school age that you wanted to perform music? Oh, I always wanted to perform. Yeah. Since I was little. I loved Kiss. Mm-hmm. And I just can remember, like, the microphone and like, with my hairbrush. And <laughs> even before then, like, I loved, I just loved anything catchy. So I've always been singing. I always wanted to learn how to play guitar. My mother played guitar too. She's a good guitar player. So I think I messed around with with it when I was in high school, but I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't have any, I didn't have any drive. (laughs) And then in your early twenties, you picked it up. Yeah, I played in a band and I got tired of waiting Uh for people to come. I had all these ideas. So I just learned some chords. Do you take any lessons or do you just? I have taken lessons now. Uh, I took one. (laughs) <laughs> and what's and tough that was is, all I needed. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I think that we both got frustrated because I've just learned how to play incorrectly so much Word. that it's hard to go back, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I, I think I play out. You know? I've never taken a lesson either. I learned, you know, I, my dad played, so I just kind of picked it up. And I feel the same way when I've tried to give lessons. I can't articulate how I do the things I do because I just, you know, I just, I don't think of it in, in those terms as right. an instructor or anything like that. It was a killer song, and I definitely Thank hear you. the uh, the '60s influence for sure. Yeah. So um, you mentioned you 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 like everything. You know, you're into like catchy stuff. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're writing stuff, are you kind of focusing like uh, on like hooks? Yes. For yeah. First and foremost, mm-hmm. yeah. You can't imagine how many times I'm like, "That's not catchy enough." Well, that's not catchy. I'm you know, I've thrown out so much because it's just not catchy enough. It's not good. Yeah. Enough. Not good enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I, I feel like uh, me personally when I uh, compose music like I am like that's one of the top things like uh, for initial ideas is like oh how you know how catchy is this yeah, like yeah. melodically you know you know before even like lyrics or other like elements of composition come in sure. you know if a new song isn't in my head that whole week when I wake up then I, I don't feel like I've done it right you know yeah. and it gets irritating to me too I was saying this to these guys that I don't usually write songs with other people in my house, but sometimes when my husband's there, I'll do it and he's in the other room and he'll come in and just be like, you have to stop like over and over and over. And I'm like, how do you think it feels to be me? Like, <laughs> it's not catchy enough. I have to keep doing it, you know? So it's, if, it's catchy enough if, it, if it's in my head all the time and driving me insane, you know? But once it's finished, it kind of goes away then, you know? So it's always my, my new song is my favorite song and then my newest song is my favorite song, you know? Well, I think that that's an excellent segue. I don't think we could segue any better than yeah. that uh, to get on to the, to the latest song. Okay. Can, can so, you set this one up for us yeah, a little bit? So this is called Four Leaf Clover. Um, the way that I write songs is there's little parts of it that are um, true. Mm-hmm. So the truth is I can't find four leaf clovers. That is a fact. <laughs> it's, it's very irritating. Like my husband can look down and find 20 in a clover field, uh-huh. you know, or whatever. And he just picks them right up. And I can stare and stare. I can get on my knees. I can, <laughs> but I can't find them. That's and so then one day, you guys know Chesley. She came over when I was thinking about getting a hollow body to my house. And I took her down to feed the donkey. And she looked down and said, oh, a four-leaf clover. Oh, there's another one. I was like, 
Fucker. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Everybody can find four leaf clovers but me. So that's the true part of this song. Anyway, so these guys are going to play it with me, but we haven't played it much, but we're going to do it right now. Watch us. <laughs> or listen. Okay. Hit me for 
it's new for me too. Like, well, that's that is the uh, exercise that we ask you to do is the latest song. So right. uh, it's a sweet song, a sweet. Uh, and by sweet, I mean a little melancholic, actually. It is, yeah. And uh, and the four-leaf clover, great metaphor for, yeah, I guess melancholy kind of in general. Yeah, it's like luck. I love the juxtaposition of you pick me four-leaf clovers, which signify luck, mm-hmm. and then don't want to live. You know, you don't want to live your life. It's tricky, you know, tricky mm. humans. We're all tricky. <laughs> and so a song like this, can we talk a little bit about the process you're talking about, uh, how you want things to be super catchy, Um so you have the the idea, the conception of the um, uh, four leaf clover, and then where does it go from there? Are you just are you literally writing in a notebook? Are you just playing around on guitar until you find what you're looking for? I do both all the time. Okay. So every once in a while, I'll come up with a melody in my car or something like that. But I always have a hard time matching the guitar. And if I do, it's always C A minor F and G. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, same. It's like my favorite uh, chord progression. Anyway. Once I get something that I like, I think the first line I had was, pick me four-leaf clovers and wish your life was over. And I was working on, um, I think I was working on B minor at the time. So that happened to me once with a song, too, with B7. Mm-hmm. I had, like, three songs right away with B7 in it because I'm trying to learn it, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then I just went from there. So yeah, I, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe that song isn't finished. It might need, like, a middle eight or something. There's no real big change in it. But then I'm like, well, that's probably fine. You know, it's got a yeah. little different part at the end, even over the same chords. So I feel all right with that. It's different than probably what we've done before. I have some songs like that, I guess. But Speaking of we, can we take a second to introduce uh, all the band members that sure. we're playing with? We have Thomas back there on the drums. Hey. I only up? know people's first names. So, Thomas, what's your last name? Mc, uh, McNeely. McNeely. To, mi- to mix yes. in, the, in the band. We're the mix, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, I no. forgot that that's a racial slur. <laughs> let's go Let off. Let's keep, <laughs> right, keep it right. popping. All right, let's... <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. are all... Well, right. And then Mark, Mark's on the bass. Hi. Uh, hi, Mark. And then Mike on the Rickenbacker. Rickenbacker, the one of the two. How do you say it, Mike? Rickenbacker. Go back and forth. Yeah. It's like potato, potato in this band. Either. <laughs> Good. And how long have you been playing uh, with, the, uh, with this lineup? We have been, me, Mike, and Thomas have been, well, we've been playing for about two years together. And then, Mark, how long have you been here yeah, on Earth? <laughs> now, uh, maybe like six a months? A few months, not six. Not quite. Yeah. Gotcha. But initially, uh, me, Mike, and Mark, and a couple other people, I had an idea to... Um, I did a record with Spider Bags as my backing band, mm-hmm. and I had an idea the, to just keep doing that. Was that Tourist? That. Or what uh, was the no, that, that was Second Wife. That second was Wife. That's... After I got sick, I got some people together to do all the songs that I had written. Mm-hmm. That was Second Wife, but then I hated the name, so I moved on. Yeah. Um, uh, Spider Bags is a... Um, Chapel Hill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, killer band. Yeah, uh, really good. Band, yeah. And it was Dan, when I was sick, Dan... And I decided, I didn't, I didn't know him very well, but we decided to, I just wanted to get all my songs done before I died. I know that's morbid, but I wasn't looking good for a while with my heart. Yeah. So I just wanted to get everything recorded. And then Dan kind of took the reins because I was so sick. So it took us seven years to do. Oh, wow. But so I had an idea to do that with Drag Sounds, which Mike is in Drag Sounds. And Thomas was in Drag Sounds for a while, too. Um, or is, I don't know. But I don't know about your bands. Who knows about your bands? Anyway, so I wanted Drag Sounds to be the backing band. But it was like... Drag Sounds plus Mark plus Jeff Schilling. It was like a mishmash. And then I was in a duo with this guy named Steven, and he quit really quickly. So I had all this recording to do. 
So I took Mike Thomas and this guy Trevor and Chip Steiner, whoever could do it right then, and did tours and did this recording really quickly. So no doubt it was that record that we did. We learned really quickly and did it quickly. It's, uh, it's been out for like six months now, too, yeah. which is kind of fun. It is fun. It's like the six-month anniversary, which yeah. I didn't really? know. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, Taylor and I got together to do a little bit of research on the episode, and we wanted to ask, or we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to know what a data was or a so data. We, we, we actually have uh, independent theories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are they? Uh, um, well, my theory is that Dado is like a guy who's trying to be cool but isn't. Like, he's trying to ride a motorcycle, but he's bad at it. Like, he's, like, bumping into <laughs> it's stuff. It's like my band right here. Yeah. It's like this band. No. Just uh, and then what was yours, Carl? Mine uh, wasn't as good as that. Just an Australian dad. I don't know. It just seems oh, like, like a, a dad Yeah, yeah like right. a dad yeah. or something like that. It is like neither. That. Okay. It is. I went to Mexico with my best friend a couple of years ago, and we went. I was, I was trying to speak Spanish, which I'm terrible at, and we went into a bodega to get um, beer. And so I was trying to speak Spanish and say the name of the beer, which I don't remember now. But I was trying, and he was trying with me, the poor dude. <laughs> and he was just like, no dados, no dados. And I was like, no beer? I don't understand what you're saying. And somebody was like, he's saying no dice. So I thought he meant no dice, um, no beer. You know what yeah. I mean? No dice. But he literally meant there's no dice in the store, no dados. So my friend and I, the whole week, were like, no dados, no dados, <laughs> no dice. <laughs> anyway, so it's kind of an idiom here, but not there. Because oh, so, okay, gotcha. they're just like, no dados. Whatever you're looking for sounds like dice, and there's none. So no dice in this bodega. <laughs> That's cool. I and like we that. thought he meant. We thought he was just being funny, like no dice, sister, with your right. Spanish and your beer <laughs> wanting. You know, <laughs> move along. Right. Yeah. Please leave. Yeah. And so that came out six months ago, and you guys are kind of out on the road, yeah. touring that, uh, touring that record. Excellent. Uh, the the best song that you have, Summer Sheets. Yeah. Is that off? That's no Dados. Yeah, yep. that's true. And Thomas was the bass player on the record. And so then we got, we had a couple different drummers. And then when the last drummer left, Thomas was like, I'm just going to play drums because he's a killer drummer. So then we got Mark back, which was great. Excellent. Yeah. It, so is, uh, far. Are drums your first instrument, Thomas? Or do you play, is it just I kinda, whatever? I kind of learned a bunch of them sort of around the same time in high school. So it's just. Right. He can do everything. It's <laughs> I've ended up playing drums like the most. So I would say like I can like confidently jump into that role right. pretty, pretty, pretty quickly, quickly. But, but yeah i mean we needed people and like mark already like had worked on some stuff with reese and like yeah. was a really like kick-ass bass right. player so we figured this would make a lot more sense than like working up another person mm-hmm. yeah like no month, it does because it's more it's more consistent then because hopefully thomas isn't gonna leave you know but you never know it's still it's another tour that the tour's young. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, just joking. No dados, Reese. <laughs> this, is a per, this is a great band. I think that we're coming along nicely. It's great. So I think we're talking right now about recording another record, and I'm doing demos, just like a phone demos to uh-huh. give to them. So I think we're going to do that maybe in the spring. Oh, excellent. Record. Yeah, probably the same way we did it, I would think, because that worked out really well. Maybe not in six days, but... And you do all your recording in North Carolina? Yeah, we, well, this one, no dados, we did it at Fidelitorium. Okay. So... That's um, Mitch Easter's place. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't know Mitch Easter. He's like, he used to be in Let's Active and what else? Oh, yeah, yeah. R.E.M. Mm, um, gotcha. Uh, Pavement did oh. like their last record there. Oh, amazing. So when you stay at their studio, I did stay there. There's a guest house, but you can also stay in the studio. It's mm-hmm. like a, 
a spiral staircase and just a little like loft. They have all the gold records up there, oh, which so is killer. <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty cool. It's like, oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. <laughs> they have all kinds, too. A lot of records that I didn't know were done there. So, yeah, this song is Summer Sheets. How am I going to tell you My sweet-talking man Your steel toes are breaking mine
Yeah, that was great. That was amazing. Uh, I mean, clearly the thing that sticks out to me the most in that song are the dynamics in it. Your huge crescendos and super soft. Uh, it was great. Um, yeah, you've got that. You've got that. That C A minor F. You got I love that. It so much. You got that, you got that prom <laughs> song. Yes, I would say it's like a high school dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, when did you write this one? Uh, I wrote summer sheets. Maybe like two. Uh, I think I wrote it over Thanksgiving holiday two years ago, probably. I remember. Okay. I wrote this one in I wrote like six songs in a couple of days. I do that sometimes. It's like dry, dry, dry. It's like feast or famine. You yeah. Know? So what about this one uh, made you decide to choose this one as your, as your best song? Um, I think that I love the dynamics, especially with this band. Um, and I think that the falsetto... Is pretty on that A minor. Yeah, I like the 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 parts of it, and I love how it builds and then drops. You know, yeah. I guess that's a dynamic. But yeah, I just think it's pretty. Yeah, that's a great song. It's gorgeous. Uh, what I love about your music is that uh, it seems to it definitely has a, a retro feel, but it doesn't seem like it lives there. It's like it seems yeah, it fresh. It's, and re- re- it's retro without being dated, which is a cool. You know, it can be like a hard line to walk. Right. You know, I hope so. It's a Sometimes I am like, oh, this is pretty derivative, you know, especially, especially that C A minor F G that is Angel Baby, you know, yeah. those that's the only four four chords in that song. But then I always think, uh, maybe I'll I'll stop doing that when I write a song as good as Angel Baby, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that song is Just so catchy and it. so good, and her falsetto in that is so. I have stolen that falsetto a little bit of it, you know. Yeah, she has a tendency to stop her voice in the top of her falsetto, which is beautiful. Yeah. And I, it, when, I'm, when my voice is um, warmed up and, and good, I can do that, you know, but not. It's a little... Were you, it's were you, a little it can yeah. be rough. Did you have proper training for singing for no. your falsetto? Because it's beautiful. Thank and you. And it, it's powerful. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, Roy Orbison or something that we get that beautiful vibrato in it. He has like, such uh, power in yeah. his yeah, he is such great. If I, I was saying this to them too, when I try to get vibrato in my voice, I have to shake my body to do it. It's embarrassing. Whatever it takes. But I did take a couple singing lessons because I was losing my voice a lot because oh, yeah. I'm getting older mm-hmm. and I don't sing properly. I think I sing, I was singing right from my throat. Mm-hmm. And the first lesson I took, the person who was giving me lessons said, we're going to have to te- reteach you how to sing because I didn't know about my diaphragm at all. Right. So I still, if I'm not thinking about it, I'll sing from my throat. But if I'm thinking about it, I think it's a better sound, too. It's oh, just like totally. the whole body sound. You totally. Know? And then if you have a band rocking, too, yes, then you're kind right. of forced to use your diaphragm right. when you're trying to get the volume. Uh, I heard this myth, but it's a cool, I wish it was true, that Roy Orbison had to quit recording like late into the night because his vibrato would get so wonky, mm-hmm. like it would get so revved up that he couldn't sing or they, they couldn't capture it. Then I, I heard that was true, and then I found out it well, was Well, probably, especially as he's getting older. I think you're... <laughs> Vocal cords lose their elasticity. It's a fact, totally. you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, so for sure. Sometimes I feel like now that I've had those singing lessons, I've been doing singing lessons or a lesson almost every day. I try very hard to do that. I think that I have a better voice almost than ever. I don't lose my voice as much, but it is a little tricky on tour. I have to 
drink a lot of water. I have to be careful. I have mm -hmm. to. I should get a thing that people get. Then I'd stop talking so much too. <laughs> Even right this second. Yeah, like, I think we can probably take some money from the band fund for that. <laughs> fired. Everybody's fired. <laughs> you guys play music, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a little bit of a tour left. Yeah, we do. yeah these guys are over here like right. being so kind to you. <laughs> I know C, A like minor, this. and F. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. The thing is, the chords aren't so hard. We're going to move on to uh, what you would consider your worst song. This song is called Murdered Love. Uh, we, this is on the record also on mm -hmm. No Dados. I don't think it's the worst song in the world. Um, I think it's hard for me to sing, especially when my voice is rough. You'll see that I have a hard time stretching mm -hmm. for the last part of it, especially. And I've always felt like it was unfinished. And I think that it's, it's universal that it feels unfinished because we're always trying to figure out how to do it. You know, and we, we've just gotten to it with like a disco change in the middle but there's no real like verse chorus it's just a bunch of stuff put together you know mm -hmm. and that sounds even it makes it sound weird but it's not even weird it's just it's just a song you know that probably should be worked on more but we're probably not going to <laughs> we're probably just going to keep moving forward so okay warmed up I think uh, let's just redo everything let's just start from the beginning <laughs> it takes a lot for me to warm my voice up you should see I have to do a lesson do I sing along with my record so that I can make sure you hit yeah. the right I mean, I think Thomas was the one who I was losing my voice a lot 
And he was like, you have to, he knows everything. He's like, <laughs> you know, when you do your vocal lesson, you have to get as loud as you're going to sing. Because uh -huh. I was doing real pretty, like, right, yeah. la, 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 and it's not helpful. You know, I need to <laughs> get what to what the point do. that I sing as hard as I do. Yeah. Well, I, I like that song. I thought it was cool. Thanks. Um, I, I did like the, uh, I did like the, uh, the interplay with like the, the backing vocals, oh, you know, yeah. it's pretty cool at the end, but you just feel like, so is your issue with it? It just doesn't feel like a cohesive. I think my real issue with it, like I'm, I'm happy enough with it, but I think the real issue is I was iffy about maybe it needs more, maybe it needs more. And then the fact that we have a hard time, such a killer band, they're so good and that we have a hard time figuring out what to do with it kind of makes me think, well, maybe it should have been worked on a little bit more, you know, the actual songwriting of it. Yeah. So, but I was just thinking, like, it's not maybe the worst song, but it's probably the hardest song. Hard for me to sing. Yeah. And hard for us to work out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it does kind of suck when you're, like, working with a band and you have material where you're like, I, you're like, I think I believe in this, but it's very hard and, like, I kind of want to just, like, never play it again. But also, like, I feel like I would be, like, m maybe throwing away something that could be good. Sure. And you're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, you kind of feel like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, and we had so little time to record this record and work on arrangements and stuff like that. So I feel like in the future, I'll leave some songs somewhat unfinished so that we can do that together. Yeah. You know, because that'll make it killer. That'll make it much better than just me. Me, me, me. Uh, here's my changes. Uh, you know? It'll be better, I think, if we can create some space and all the things that we would do. Yeah. So we'll just have more time, which would be good. Yeah. Plus being on the road and playing a ton of shows, that helps a lot. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. A group think thing going to... Uh, well, it, it, was, it was amazing. So the first band you were in, we didn't really talk about it. That's... Uh, what was the name of that band? Uh, Dirty Little Heaters? Yeah, that? that was the main band that I was in in North Carolina. In North yeah. Carolina. How did you get from... This is just my own question. How did you get from... Uh, uh, Minnesota to North Carolina? Well, I hitchhiked around a lot, so I lived in a whole bunch of different places. And my grandma died, and I came down here to stay with, um, like, my best friend's family for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then I just ended up staying. I met my husband right away, and is we he, became is friends. He a musician? I taught him how to play the guitar, and, of course, he plays better than I do. <laughs> but he doesn't really. He would yeah. rather be dead than stand in front of people and do anything almost. <laughs> He's very shy. He's very um, introverted. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he can kind of at least understand the musician mentality of you got to do things yeah. over and over and over again. Oh, That's well, nice. maybe. <laughs> He's like, you know, you could do this during the day when I'm at work. Too, you know? <laughs> I'm like, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff happens at night, though, I feel. That's yeah, true. It's, it's like, it, is, it is like hard to, uh, it's, it's really hard to like do rock and roll before like 8 yeah. PM. <laughs> I agree. Like what we're doing right now is like pretty unnatural. Tell me about it. <laughs> the sun is out. Yeah. Usually these guys would still be asleep and I would be at Starbucks right now. Let me tell you. Um, cool. Well, yeah. Sorry, band, that we made you get up so early. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Apologies. Poor you. <laughs> and uh, so No Dados is the new record. That's right. And you guys are touring behind that now and then probably get in the uh, in this studio in the spring. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I think what plan. we're planning on. Yep. And all these records are available um, Bandcamp? Yep. That's where I was listening and to Spotify them. And Spotify and uh, what? Bandcamp, my website, which I think is Bandcamp now that I think about it. So mm -hmm. Bandcamp, <laughs> yeah. period, full stop. <laughs> full stop. Yeah. Uh, and it's all Reese McHenry? Yep, that's right. 
and the soul project. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a thank you all so much. Uh, Would you guys want to do a wild card song? Should I do wrap it up? I think we are gonna. It's pretty quick. How do you feel about fever? We can do fever. Same chord progression.